tomorrow at some point, supposedly, Mrs. Pine said quietly. Then she turned to the young man who appeared at the bottom of the stairs, a pencil behind one ear and glasses askew on his nose. Drinks on the stove if you're done for the day, Mr. Cybuck. Emmett Cybuck, their only guest, sighed happily. I could just stay here forever. This place is amazing. Well, we're so glad you've enjoyed your visit. Hey, about that, Mrs. P. Oh, no. Milo stifled a groan. His mom patted his shoulder. The young man crossed the dining room and came to lean on the back of the loveseat. I was thinking, he said, one more day and I'll have every window at least sketched. Would it be a huge pain in the neck if I checked out day after tomorrow? Milo slurped in a huge mouthful to keep himself from answering. Yes, yes it would, actually. I personally would find it a huge pain in the neck. His mother, of course, said what Milo had known she'd say. Oh, that's no problem, Mr. Cybuck. Their guest beamed. Thanks, ma'am, and I wish you all would just call me Emmett. You're welcome, and I'll try, Emmett. But, you know, old habits die hard. Mrs. Pine glanced into the kitchen. Mrs. Carraway leaves tonight, though, so just be aware that meals will be a little less fancy tomorrow. It could be toast and instant noodle soup, and I'd be perfectly content, Emmett assured her. I'm a simple fellow at heart, and in a pinch, some of my colored pencils are kind of tasty. Not that I've tried them or anything. Milo's mother laughed. It won't come to that. Well, thanks again. And hey, thank you too, Milo. Milo turned, surprised. What for? For letting me impose on your holidays. I promise I'll be out of your hair before Christmas Eve. I know how it is. It's okay, Milo said gruffly. Well, I appreciate it. And now that I don't have to pack tonight, I think I'll relax and just stare at the fire a while. He drummed a short but a ba bump on the back of the love seat with his palms, then straightened and went into the kitchen. You think he's really an art student? Mrs. Pine asked in an undertone. Probably, Milo said. That, or he's Skellinson in disguise, wanting to make sure his precious chandelier's being looked after properly. They'd been amusing themselves with speculations like this since the day Emmett had showed up. He's too young for Skellinson. Milo eyed the guests back critically. Lots of makeup and super thin rubber prosthetics like in the movies. You can do miracles with that stuff. Hmm, maybe. Among the many occurrences that had made last year's winter break about the strangest time in Milo's life was the discovery at Greenglass House of a cartoon a valuable drawing of a stained glass window by a mysterious artist named Lowell Skellinson. One of the inn's guests at the time, Dr. Wilbur Gowervine, had presented the cartoon along with a lecture at Nagspeak's City University over the summer. A couple of months after that, Emmett Seibuck, student, artist, and Skellinson fanboy, had turned up toting enough art and photography supplies to open a store eager to learn more about the house and its collection of stained glass. 
It wasn't Dr. Gowervine's fault. After much discussion with Milo's parents, he'd promised to keep the location of the find between himself and his department chair. Still, when you took into account that not only Dr. Gowervine, but five other guests had made their way to the inn last December by following different bits of the house's history to its doorstep, maybe the only surprising thing was that more curiosity seekers hadn't worked out where the mysterious Skellinson artwork had come from. Not that the Pines had admitted to anything when Emmett had turned up, other than to confirm that, yes, they had also attended the lecture, and yes, they suspected that the chandelier over the dining room table was a piece of Skellinson glass. But that had been enough for Emmett. The guy acted like a kid on Christmas morning, every single day, and he'd been here a week already.